We are recording. We are recording? Right now, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I have the distinct honor of interviewing the interviewer, Mr. Glenn Joel Cruz, Burning Metal himself. It's not every day I get to ask him the question, so excited about this one. Mr. Cruz, how you doing? I'm great. Where are you at today? I am currently in the kitchen. <laughs> well, in case the listeners did not know, I am also sitting in the kitchen with you in a two-bedroom apartment in Harlem, New York City. Yes. How you doing? Great. We, we are great today. What's something that people don't know about you? I would say, uh, I don't know. I would say that on one hand, I'm very metal with my stuff, I guess. And on the other, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a softy. Metal, but soft. So define metal. Uh, extreme, super into it, super nerdy, just rough and tough with it. Generally, when I record, I'm super tense and uptight. It's like I'm, in a, about, I'm about to go into a boxing match or a basketball game. Mm. That's a black mamba mode. Yeah. And I, and I try to take a shower and do stuff to make myself like feel Hypo. like it's a different time. Mm, mm, I like that. So it's a mentality. Yeah. Mm. Can you toggle or turn on and off this mentality? Or is it always on? Uh, No, it only turns on once I know I'm going to ab- absolutely do it. Once I absolutely know it's going to happen, I, it turns on. So in many ways, burning metal is like an alter ego. Yeah. It's more my competitive side, mm. just with a very focused area. Mm. Got it. Got it. What would you say? So when Burning Metal is off, who are you? I'm Glenn. Just, <laughs> I'm a very lackadaisical, somewhat, my, some might call me lazy, <laughs> very chill dude. Another way to put it is you can be, you're efficient with your energy <laughs> spending. Very efficient. <laughs> Got it. So burning metal is your alter ego to expend energy in a very focused way. Uh huh. But when it's off, there's no need to waste energy. No, there's no need to waste energy. <laughs> it's like I do it it's like I do in everything. Mm. When I'm working, I'm very on task almost. Very in the game. Yeah. But when I'm not working, I'm the exact opposite. Your mind is running, running all over the place. Yeah. Mm. I'm just kind of like, man, I could stay at this ceiling for the next eight hours if I, if I choose to. Oh, and just think about a million things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Read a book for like a second, then, I don't know, do something random, and then literally not do anything but do something. Mm, I, I see. So burning metal is, is more of a mindset then it is a topic. So what then, what are some of the most common topics that you will apply this burning metal mindset to? Well, in general, if you listen to any of the episodes I do, especially lately, Mm -hmm. it's very much either anime or movies, but I always target it at creativity. Mm -hmm. Because creativity is the thing that fuels the fire, so to speak. Mm. It's it's just it's just the thing that moves the needle, I guess. Mm. 
Because when you're creative, you're doing something new, different. There's, there's always a challenge because it's a subjective thing. Everyone's not going to be creative the same way you're going to be creative and so on. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you have to be open-minded, but also focused on what you know works. And then it has, it's like a constant state of flow. Mm-hmm. Do you choose anime or films because you find that those are the arenas that are most creative or it just just so happens that, like that's what you like um as of right now it's just the easiest version of it but early on in the uh podcast i ended up doing a lot of liter- literature literary devices and explanations and stuff like that because the original concept of burning metal before there was anything particular by name, it was all about the creativity. So I was thinking of protagonist, antagonist, anti-hero settings, just this, the story structure of how people write. Mm-hmm. And now, because i kind of gone through that, now I'm just kind of trying to go through examples more than just the definitions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, what do you think is, um, like what's most misunderstood about burning metal? As of right now, I would say, I would say people expect a topic, which I'm fine with. Mm -hmm. Like some people expect it to be a music podcast. Sometimes I've heard Mm -hmm. and I didn't even like. I didn't, and I'm not even labeled on the music, so that's the weird part. Mm. But it's the music. I would say the mis it's not even necessarily a misunderstanding. It's that throughout my, throughout the many episodes that I have done, I have had many people on. And whether if it's interviews, whether it's me, whether it's just doing a metal session, which is just, just talking about stuff, mm-hmm. I've always tried to keep it about creativity and focus on that part. But depending on the interviewee or the people in on, a, on, on an episode, it could be a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, so before diving into like specific interviews, I mean, I think it's important for you to define how you see creativity. Like what are the ingredients that are important? And I'm sure throughout all of your talks, you've laid out structure, format, examples, etc. But at this point, what are the ingredients of creativity? And is there such thing as better creativity? Um, yes and no. Yes. Pretty much better creativity will always be, with the with the most open ideas, I guess, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, if you look at if you look at any industry, let me put it like this: if you look at any industry, and you look at an artist or a filmmaker mm-hmm. or a musician, anyone you want to think of, mm-hmm. generally, their best works are the beginning. Mm-hmm. You always you always hear it by, especially musicians. Mm-hmm. Oh, they had a better out. They had their best three albums were the first three, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and it's because the process for them was something of they're used to. They're moving. They're moving the way they normally move, and they don't have anything other than just the creativity side of it. Mm-hmm. 
It's very much the same with me on the on the podcast. When I have everything in my head, the content creation comes naturally. Mm-hmm. But there comes a time when you are either overworking yourself or underworking yourself. Mm-hmm. And you're always trying to ha- find a middle ground. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would, for to be creative on the podcast, I need to have just enough inspiration, but also just enough podcasting. Because mm-hmm. I've gone back to a couple of my old episodes and realized that was just a topic. And I have had more time in my head, I would have done it better. Mm. So this is interesting because, I mean... That shows you a bit of, uh, of uh, I guess, just different perspectives. On the one hand, you're saying some of the artists that we all appreciate, some of their best work was their earliest work. And yet another thing can be true with practice, right? Your, for example, your podcasting could get better, right? So mm-hmm. perhaps compared to like the earlier uh, episodes, you, uh, I guess, you know, I assume like your hundredth episode would at least i guess technically would be better than your first right just because you've learned a lot or is that not the case oh no technically you're always going to be sound better mm-hmm. but I, the thing is when you become better technically and and you're in my boat where you're a one man when you're a one man band mm-hmm. for the most part where you're coming up with ideas you're editing and you're marketing you're kind of just doing all that well mentally trying to come up with the next topic, the next thing, the next thing you love, the next thing you want to talk about. And sometimes it's like, doesn't come. Mm. It's just blank. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You go online, you check for stuff and it doesn't always, it doesn't always click. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you may come up with a thousand good ideas, but because you're consuming content on my end that you're coming up, coming up, but you're not putting it to practice. And for the artists, it's they get better technically, but maybe the creative part is lacking on some edge because they have other things to worry about as well. Uh, it's not necessarily one of the things they're focused on the most. Yeah, that's an interesting. Yeah, that's an in- interesting thing to dive into. I'm thinking while you're talking about that, some of my favorite artists that like, you know, musicians, artists, like someone like Kendrick Lamar, who had amazing, uh, I would say classic albums, not his first or second, but like the, uh, what was it? Good Kid, Mad City? Yeah. Masterpiece. Masterpiece. Would he make that same album today? Probably not. Um just because, you know, I guess he's now at another phase in his life. He's got a lot more money uh, where it probably just wouldn't even make sense to, to make an album like that anymore. I'm just like, dang, could you, though? Could you, like, just go back to Compton real quick? Mm-hmm. I think the biggest, stores. I definitely think the biggest thing about that is, is for when you come, when it comes to artists like that, you got to think about the business side and the creative side and the fact that that was his last album and he wanted out of TDE. So I'm not saying he mailed it in, but he definitely then put his uh, best foot forward on that album either. On Good Kid? No, on the last one he did. Oh, oh! I like, stopped paying attention. What was his, what was the last one anyway? It was uh, uh, Good Kid and then Mr. Butterfly, and then Mr. Morale and the Hot Steppers. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I st- it's crazy. I went from listening to Kendrick every day to like not even knowing what his last album was. But yeah, I got to that and his, I'm assuming it was his team, but his team put him in a weird situation mm. where uh, 
apparently like a couple years ago, some like a low, some no name rapper made the concept of the, uh, the hard part five, Mm -hmm. the uh, the hard part five was, but this kid did it like three years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was almost to the T like a, a copy and paste. Just Kendrick did it with his, his style and sense. Mm. And I'm just like, man, either his team really did, didn't do him a service on that. Yeah, I guess, I mean, that's, I guess that's part of it, right? As, as you become an artist, your early work is really influenced, I guess, by the early years, right? And you put that down on paper. It, let's say, the work takes off. Now, all of a sudden, you got this attention. Now, you got money. Now, you got a team around you of other people telling you what you should do. I assume the original DNA, right, of the work is now, like, you know, obviously, it's been compromised with other things. I wonder if maybe that's just why the work becomes maybe slightly less interesting. Because at that point, once you start getting bigger and bigger and bigger, right, then people start telling you, well, to get bigger and bigger and bigger you need to start looking like these people, right? And, you know, regardless if you agree or not, like, you know, it's that this kind of idea of becoming corporate or, or whatever, but... um, Oh, yeah. No, it's the, the idea of becoming corporate, but also the idea of having the... Not even necessarily having to wear all the shoes, but just having to trust the people around you to know that they're going to they're gonna make you look your best. Because mm-hmm. as an artist, as any, as any creative person... And you start succeeding and you and you don't and you're not doing every second of it now. What essentially happens is your touch is no longer on every facet of it. Mm-hmm. And that would change how you how your music and all your movies get made, depending on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something that I, I think have to grapple with is that in in the business that I run as it you know, starts with just you doing everything. You know, doing the front end stuff, the back end stuff, the client stuff, the product stuff, the sales marketing and sales and invoicing and collecting and payments and, and all that. And then as it grows, you start now your job goes from actually having to do the work to now bringing in other people, right, who are presumably smarter than you to do the work. And so your personal touch on everything becomes less and there's more emphasis on or actually, I should say, there's less emphasis on you actually being able to do the work and more emphasis on how well you communicate what needs to be done to others, right? To kind of set the direction. Essentially, as you get bigger, at least for me, it there's more pressure to become a better storyteller because now my biggest impact isn't like, hey, can I finish this one particular file on time, right? Because now the team is it's helping us do that. It's how well can I communicate the vision of where we should be and how can I inspire you know, everyone else on the team to kind of head in a general direction. It's hard. I know. Uh, it probably is. Because I've been thinking, uh, as of right now, on the podcast, it's just me. Mm-hmm. But I've been more or less trying to see if bringing people in is a good idea or not at the moment. But it's just the extra steps that, I mean, I take for my podcast, which is come up with the concepts great i have the concepts i know what i'm talking about i know how i'm going to talk about it it's just going to be that way mm-hmm. um the timing uh how it gets promoted right now it's on my hands mm-hmm. but i know just by hearing st- stories from people 
in the in the industry of podcasting in Hollywood and everything. Mm-hmm. Eventually, like if you think of Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan has a podcast every day. Yeah, that's crazy. And at this point, this man's just talking to people. And I don't know what he talks about every day to a new person. I I feel like at that point you just have to be naturally curious. Like that's just your job. And I guess I mean when you get paid what he gets paid, it just becomes a job, I guess. Yeah. And coming and I would imagine someone would be running news article after news article, trying to find some interesting stuff to talk about. Um, just just all of those things, mm-hmm. and the fact that this man barely. Uh, the fact that he barely ever takes a vacation, right? It just means a lot of people are working to find out topics, and he's just coming in to work mm-hmm. and being like, "Yo, did anyone find out anything interesting? Cool, let's go." Yeah, yeah. I feel like at that point, you got an entire team kind of doing a lot of the prepping, management, sourcing. Who's interesting? Who should we talk to? What's the script? What should we ask him? What's the background content, et cetera? And he just kind of shows up, you know, probably reads a brief, you know. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, there's just no way to read that many books or be that interested in everyone every single day. All right. So yeah, you kind of need a whole operation around you. Oh yeah. Like as much as I would love to be interested in everything, like if you think of, uh, like Tolkien's whole body of work, you can only do what? One or two episodes of that if you really tried, but there's books and books and books. Of it, so the amount of time you put into it isn't necessarily the amount of time you're gonna get out of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's a crazy part. Mm-hmm. And I remember early on when I started doing interviews in general, mm-hmm. and it'd be people books. So I, at the very least, would have to read at least half the book, <laughs> so I know what I'm talking about. Right. And I, I've read at this point, I've read like ten half books. That I haven't finished. And it's not even because I don't like the book. It's just I just jumped to a new one and then got busy doing other stuff. Right. And like, man, I never finished reading that one book. What? Mm. What? Do you let the people know? It's like, hey, I got to be honest. I only finished the first half. Oh, no. I always tell them, like, yo. So I, I always tell them, like, in, like, I always try to do a pre, like, I talked to the person before. So I, it's not the first time we're talking on interview. Mm. And I'm like, I do like a 10 minute call where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to read half, half your book. So I have like an idea of the book. That mm-hmm. way, when I ask you questions, it's not just um, random things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you need some background. Yeah. And yeah. And also it helps you not to spoil stuff. True. Like I remember, um, I forgot the guy's name off top, off top of my head, but there was an interview where this guy was telling me. On the phone, that he has a Netflix deal coming and all of this. And his whole book's about the mystery. Mm. But he was openly about to tell me his entire story before I even read it. So he's about to blow it for you? Well, no, not even that. Because I'm, I'm just thinking on the interview. I'm like, man, how am I going to ask this guy questions about him destroying his own story? Right. Interesting. <laughs> because the story is pretty short. And on top of that, like, he just, he's just an open book. Mm. When he's writing the most mysterious, like, the whole point of this is, oh my God, there's a page turner. And it was a, it was a very good book. It's, it was called Stratagem. Mm. But again, I'm just like, yeah, why is this guy about, and then I realized at that point why being in an interview is hard. Mm. Cause you could, you have two options there. You could blow up the guy 
in the interview or you could uh just like you know hey uh keep it keep your details low bro just you know just keep them low you don't need to you don't need to go in depth <laughs> oh man i i assume that's like one of a million interviews of what you've had to kind of tread yeah i know that one like- that one was i learned to ask the good questions hmm. was like okay i don't want you to give a lot of detail but i need you to give fun details Mm. Well, I think one of the crazier video interviews was the first one ever. A rock star dude named I want to say Anthony, nice dude, but the guy did talk that he died, he was dying, and then just left it there. Oh. And I'm like, yo, do I just ignore that? You know? And I did because it was my first interview. But I'm like, yo, did I just ignore that? Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, he told you he was dying. Oh Lord. Yeah, like dying, dying. Oh boy. <laughs> So how do you proceed? I just went with the next thing he said at that point because he just glossed over it. I mean, that's uh, that's one way to... Yeah, he ended up talking about conspiracies and stuff that, hmm. you know, some of them were fun to talk about. Some of them were just like out of the park. And I'm just like, yo, that's a lot. <laughs> but definitely um, interviewing, I just don't do it now as much because I have to rely too much on getting people on consistently. Mm-hmm. And the whole... Uh, scheduling part is difficult and it's not at the at this moment i'm not trying to make it difficult for myself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i think it's funny what's what's the future of glenn's uh uh content creation strategy what for example you've got the podcast but you've also talked about the role of video oh yeah. what, what should we know here in, in, the, in 2022 is video king is audio still the thing well what? i plan to do video mm-hmm. but until until I don't settle down with how who's gonna be on the podcast, what's gonna happen. It's not gonna be super important, but I've been trying to um uh so metal sessions are gonna be a a permanent thing. Black metal is gonna be on the back burner for now. Black metal's my interviews. Metal sessions my uh pop culture topics, sports, whatever we talk about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my burn points, I don't know if I'm going to continue them or not, but those are just my literary topics I do mm-hmm. and they're fun, but I don't have too many all the time anymore. So I may or may not do them, mm-hmm. but I have one I've been dying to do, but it just, it's just totally time consuming mm-hmm. and it's uh metal session as me- as burning metal tales. And as a and as a radio drama, mm-hmm. that one takes a lot of extra time mm-hmm. and a lot of editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm hoping by at least next summer, I've learned how to do at least like a ten to twelve minute radio drama. Okay. Okay. You have to put together a script, plot, mm-hmm. like you said, editing. And I got, and at the very least, I got a voice that I'm gonna make it like a small little situation so I can voice two characters if I need to. Mm. Can you give me that deep voice real quick on the editing? Oh yeah, or recording. I could do something like this. Yeah, just uh, yeah, yeah, something like this, just to yeah, a little more suspense. And then you can do that, which is kind of different. <laughs> okay, so we're just overlaying different effects. There's many options. Mm, like it. But definitely, I think audio is king right now mm. until I learn what to do with uh, video that other people aren't doing. Because I'm going to do video at some point, but it's not going to be anything spectacular right now. Mm. 
it's not something that I'm uh couldn't really specialize in just for the moment. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, this was a fun jam session. Before we jump, get get your listeners excited about the next upcoming project. Well, when can when can we expect the uh, the tales? Well, for tales, I definitely wanted to be around at least August of 2023, the first one. And for the next couple episodes, we've recorded at least four, four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna release sometime this weekend. And oh wow, this weekend, good. Yeah, I'm excited because I got a I got a I got a bunch of good people on there. Shout out to Kenny. Hey. KDD Kenny. KD. Yeah. My boy, my boy does martial arts. He has a whole online store. You know what he's doing. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got Um, my co host, Joe. Joe. Or JD. JD. Okay. Yeah. And of course, I got Big L on every episode because he's the homie. All right. So, yeah, these are are great people. They're going to be on the pod with me most of the time. And you know we're we're going into twenty twenty three strong. It's crazy that we're, we're at the end of the year, essentially. Crazy, crazy. Yeah, but that's a, that's so. So you heard it here first this weekend. Boom! Look out. We got KD Big L. You said was it Joe? Yeah, Joe. Joe JD JD, and we got Mister Cruz himself coming out. Look out! He's gonna probably put it up on all the accounts: Facebook, MySpace, ESPN, Deportes. Yo, MySpace, but that's crazy. <laughs> Spotify, his eBay account. <laughs> Yo, but we gonna get where where distribution is crazy. We're back to nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> Geo City's still up up there somewhere. <laughs> we might get a Yahoo dot com email. Okay. We out here. We we're, out gonna, here. we're gonna be on that NAFTA, but <laughs> NAFTA. <laughs> You're gonna download the you're gonna download the episode on LimeWire. Yo, and FrostWire. <laughs> That's right. You heard it here for first, folks. Uh Glenn, it's not often you get interviewed. My man needs a part two, but until then, look out for his drop this weekend. August 2023 as well. He's got the Tales project. So it sounds like that's gonna be a big project. So till then, signing off. This has been Jay Cruz, Jose Cruz interviewing the man, the myth, the G, Glenn Cruz. Yo.